Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Artists Loving Artists. And this is a really special episode number 43 with the one and only Grammy-nominated G-Love. Hey, G. Hey, Mina. How are you? So good. Thank you so much for being on. Such a thrill, man. Awesome. Stoked. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's a beautiful... I live in Cape Cod and it's a beautiful day here. It's... it's, It looks um, lovely. it's not as hot as Austin, I'm sure. It's kind of <laughs> chilly today. <laughs> it's dying. We're dying over here, man. I, you said you were just here for uh, one of your parties, right? One of your yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. Just did a. Uh, there's a company there called Precipio, and they do like data cloud things for companies. But <laughs> the guys, the the CEO actually, he went out during the the depths of COVID despair. He, I was doing guitar, harmonica, or songwriting lessons, and he booked a harmonica lesson then i played a zoom party oh for damn and that's then, amazing yeah and then we did a podcast together and then he then now we finally did an in-person party so i he said well uh, they had kind of a, a little budget and i wasn't gonna fly the band out so well you want to get a little maybe you got, I, so long story short i hit up johnny radelat who yeah. uh, is is austin uh royalty uh <laughs> He's formerly the Gary Clark Jr. band, and uh, yeah. we're, we're big fans of each other, so we got to, to do our thing. That's fun. so cool, man. And are you doing those pretty often? I've seen you on Instagram throw these kind of party shows. Are those pretty pretty successful right now? Yeah, well, it's funny because now we're doing, like, the repeat clients. So we basically, like, during COVID and everything was shut down, we figured out we could do, like, these kind of socially distant shows private shows for whatever the state guidelines were in different yeah. communities and man we we drove from the cape to florida we drove from the cape to mississippi to michigan damn whole west coast and we probably did i don't know i would say well over i don't know maybe 50 or 75 house parties and now we're oh doing God. the second annual ones or the third annual ones now um so you yeah, were st- we're back to work, like doing regular <laughs> shit, but like now we're still like, if we have a free weekend or whatever, and people want to do a party. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so cool. It's, you're going to make a whole new movement of that. People are going to start doing that same thing. I'm sure. That's so cool. Well, it's, basically, uh, it's, basically, it's basically like house concerts, right? But yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah, but we come, we bring a PA and a little light rig and it's fun, man. People have a great time. It's it's like really oh, community yeah. building, and it's great for the artists too because you know there's not like the middlemen's of the promoters. Of either. course, yeah, it goes all straight to you guys. That's awesome. Um, that's actually one thing I wanted to ask you about. G, I heard you on um, Andy Frasco's podcast. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was a that was a great interview. He had you guys were talking about a ton of stuff like NFTs and selling your art and all this kind of it's a different way of like creating is that something that's exciting for you or do you prefer just to like play and be done with it and go home <laughs> um what well, as, as opposed to what just like uh i feel like artists are trying to having to get creative with like revenue and just oh. trying new things and um kind of exploring other options because the world is so different now so yeah, yeah i was curious about that yeah, like I, you know what, like, like I mean, I think about it like this, like when I was like coming up, um, like as a teenager, you know, what I'm saying, like, and I was a street musician. Mm-hmm. I was always, you know, you can't like 
you can't just practice your guitar or write songs like sure. all day long. You have to, so, but, but if you're not practicing your guitar or writing songs, like, well, how are you getting ahead? Well, you, you got to like do other stuff to like promote the stuff that you're doing. So I've always like had that in me and like been like going to Kinko's and making, you know, flyers and stickers and yeah. around or like calling the booking agents at the local clubs. So there's always like, I'm going to practice and then I'm going to do like this business side of the thing to like propel the mm -hmm. music forward and get it out there. So I've always kind of had that. And um, yeah, now there's this wonderful new space that's kind of magically opened and it's just kind of the now the ability for us musicians to start kind of like having a even more direct interaction and a financial direct excuse me interaction with our fans that social media has given us to some extent but this is like mm -hmm. the next the next the next thing of that um, yeah it feels next level yeah yeah so like for instance, like, you know, so my new album, Philadelphia, Mississippi, is dropping as an NFT. Yes. And um, what does that mean? Well, um, on a financial situation, it means that, like, if you really love G-Love and you're interested in the we record. We do. We love G-Love. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if you stream us on Spotify or if you stream Mino on Spotify or anybody that you love, we don't really get paid. Like, we get paid mm -hmm. nothing. Like, not... <laughs> enough to do anything for anybody unless you're like you know Adele right yeah. or like Taylor Swift or Dr. Trey sure. um, but the most like kind of you know working class musicians like us like we're not seeing any money from our records mm -hmm. um, we didn't used to see hardly any money if any money from when there was just people buying records because on a regular record deal you'd own maybe 4% of your record, right? Whereas yeah. now my NFTs drop and I own 90% of that. So that's amazing. You want to support like making our records. There's like a, there's almost like a Kickstarter or GoFundMe to like really like, you know, support the artists, not just me, like yeah. the artists that you love, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. It seems like it's going to be a very new innovative way for people to enjoy and, and also support um, yeah, I hear a lot of people talking about it, but you were one of the first ones when I heard on that podcast. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's interesting. Um, but yeah, let's talk about your new album, Philadelphia, Mississippi. Uh, the 24th of June, it's dropping. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the NFT comes out on June 6th. On June 6th. Okay, cool. That's in my calendar then. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Tell yeah, about it. yeah, this record is, is everything to me. It's, um, so it's the follow-up to the juice, which mm -hmm. you said earlier, thank you, is like our first Grammy nomination. So and cool. So that album led to this one. That record was produced by Keb Mo. Mm -hmm. And Keb kind of took me on a master class of making records. Like every note, every sound, every lyrics gotta be like thought out. Yeah. And played and performed and in this way with focus and you know uh purpose yeah passion integrity whatever and um so i want to do a follow-up you know on a music business uh side of what my goals were well the goal would be the goal is for the philadelphia mississippi to get the contemporary blues grammy win mm. and so i was thinking about like it's interesting for me, right? An artist that's kind of like 
no one's ever really been able to put us in a box. So no, like a, yeah. Are we rock and roll? Are we roots music? Are yes. We, what are they? I don't know. They're all these things. And so like, it's confusing from like a marketing standpoint. Now, oh. like, you know what I mean? So, so now, yeah. like, now we have like, um, now we have like Elaine, which is contemporary blues, which really works for me because it's like blues, but it's contemporary. So it's basically saying like it's rooted in the blues, but you could take this and run with it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. this was like a real big opportunity for me to find like a lane. So I'm like, oh, I'm sticking in this lane. Interesting. You know? so, so it feels more structured to you. It feels more grounded in a sense. It feels like I have like a clear path of stylistically, which is me. Yeah. Um, but if I can stay in that zone, um, which like I said, is me and, yeah. and, um, and it's the hip hop blues. That's a form of like contemporary blues. So what do we want to do? So I had this idea, like I'm from Philadelphia. There's a mm -hmm. small city in Mississippi called Philadelphia. And I thought, man, that's, that's so cool. Like, so it was the pilgrimage of the hip hop blues, basically Chuck Treese. Yeah. And I, a fellow Philadelphian took this, played backyard parties down to Coldwater, Mississippi and teamed up. I asked Luther Dickinson from the North Mississippi All-Stars what he produced and helped me make this record, which basically was going to be like, like I said, the pilgrimage of us coming down mm -hmm. to make blues and immerse ourselves with the culture and the emerging and established blues men and women that make the hill country and the Delta blues mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and kind of like come into their world and shed light on this emerging talent and overlooked established talent and also really become authenticated in, in the way that you know we're we're becoming part of that culture by by writing songs and, and making a record and performing a record mm -hmm. with these other artists um so we had a unbelievable we had five five day window between like the last soul house party and then actually one of the few regular dates we did a festival in jackson oh wow uh -huh. and we got like 10 special guests to come through the studio during that week oh my god amazing thing so everybody from you know rising star chris tone kingfish ingram and john tavius willis mm -hmm. um to kyra jackson from southern avenue um this woman uh, Sade Thomas, who is Othar Turner's granddaughter, Cam mm -hmm. Kimbrough, who's Junior Kimbrough's grandson. Wow. Trenton Ayers from the Cedric Burnside band. Um, and then old timers like Alvin Youngblood Hart, who was an old label mate of mine on OK Records. Mm -hmm. This guy, R.L. Boyce, who's like like a real deal, like old blues man he, sure. he like a bottle of whiskey and play a blues like all night long. <laughs> that's <laughs> amazing like everything i ever ever ever, ever dreamed <laughs> and yeah it was just like the, the whole thing was like oh man it was just it was just such a kind of magical week it, i was gonna say that sounds magical for sure really cool that's so awesome so and one thing about ug that i've noticed throughout your career is that you're a big uh collaborator you have a lot of people on your records you're on a lot of their records and that's how i kind of <clears throat> found you initially of all these people that i love i'm like oh my god that's that's super cool i've never heard this kind of like interaction so collaboration is important to you right as an artist yeah i i think um the thing that i love about collaboration is that <laughs> 
you know, like you, you, you never know what you're going to get out mm -hmm. of yourself and the people that you're collaborating with. And like to be, um, a lot of times collaborations, like kind of the nature of them is that, you know, you invite someone in the studio um, or just virtually, you know, by sending emails to mm -hmm. each other um, to, to write or get creative with you. And like, and that becomes this like, yeah, it just becomes this thing where, hey, buddy, um, <laughs> it just becomes this thing where no one really knows what's going to happen. But yeah. because everyone's kind of put on a spot, everyone's like in this kind of like game on, bring your A game yeah. and be great because you have this like limited time to do it. And you want to be great for the, you respect people that you're going to work with. Yeah, um, totally. So it just kind of ups everyone's ante. Yeah. And even sometimes like, but like wave, you know, just, I've been collaborating for years and years. And like, I always noticed that too. Like you could have a regular session with like your band, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And you could be like knocking heads or like getting into arguments. But the minute you have like an outside guest coming, who's not like part of the band, like yeah. everyone wants to be like on their best behavior. It's like if you have <laughs> dinner and you're fighting and like, a, you know, like one of your parents' friends come over, then you're totally. acting nice to each other. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. It clear it uh, neutralizes the energy or something. Makes yeah, them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's super cool. Well, thanks for sharing all that, G. And yeah, I'm so stoked for your album. I've been following you for so many years, so this is a thrill to have you. Um, but yeah, so let's get into your picks for the week. So the first one you picked was "Paid in Full." So we'll yeah. press pause. We'll listen to it, and then we'll talk about why you love it so much. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. All right. Okay, we're back, and we just listened to Eric B. and Ra Rakim. Uh, Paid in Rakim, I'm sorry. Paid in full. Uh, why do you love this song so much, G? Why do you love them? Uh, so this record, I I want to say this record dropped in 86, but it might have been 88. But um, yeah, it was just like such a like an, like an informative record, just like part of my high school experience. Sure. And, one of those records that, you know, when you, you were a young teenager, start first hanging out with your friends, like uh, that, that we were always playing this record. So I knew like all the lyrics from this record. And um, Rakim is like, you know, if you ask hip hop heads, he's always like most people's like favorite MC or a lot of people consider him or KRS want to be the greatest MC. So, yeah, yeah. Um, the way it really, so it was always part of my life and um it later became like the most important part of the g love project because when i was a street musician in 1992 playing on the street in philadelphia like um you know what i'm saying like i was at, i had my greatest night ever i i, I made 60 dollars. tell me about it there's <laughs> a cigarette and a joint and i, I was, love that yeah, this is the greatest night ever. <laughs> so like, I'm going loose. And I started rapping the lyrics for Paid in Full over yeah. this guitar riff I was playing. And then it was like the sky opened up and the light shone down. And I knew at that moment that like, I was like the only, you know, white kid playing adobro and rapping. That's awesome. Later that week, I went and wrote my first like rap. Uh -huh. I never thought to be a rapper, you know what I'm saying? Like, I never thought I was like, into blues and folk music but i did find like wow like i i love the la i love language mm. and to write and and writing in in the style of like hip-hop verses mm -hmm. 
gave me this. Um, there's my other boy. Hey, boy. Uh, gave me this opportunity to, you know, just really express myself. And I found this new style. And um, and then it just turned out that I was early on it. Oh. Aww. And uh, yeah, I was early on it. And that was that. That's know? amazing. Yeah. And it's such like an intricate art. I never, you know, I could never, ever do that. But someone like you who's fused all these different um types of music the hip-hop stands out a ton in your music and it's so unique to what you do so that's really interesting that it came to you in that moment that's so cool thank you yeah i mean you know it it just have you ever read malcolm gladwell's book the outliers no i don't think i have well it's it's a great book as as all of malcolm gladwell's books are they're like they're you should you should, i recommend them high, highly yeah. Um, but there's the reason I bring it up is because like so much of like people's success, like that culture moving success has come from, you know, um, uh, by way of, um, you know, just where you grow up and what mm -hmm. year it is and what's happening around you. Like, for instance, Steve Jobs and Bill Gates like grew up within a mile of each other and graduated high school like two years apart. Crazy. <laughs> well, not and, a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the same kind of way, like um, G Love and the Roots all graduated high school in 1991 in Philadelphia in like, you know, yeah, different schools, you know, 20 blocks from each other. And we both kind of figured out how to do something different with hip hop totally in 1992 and at the same time across the country beck was also doing the same exact thing he's probably a couple years older than us but basically we were the first generation of kids that grew up as hip-hop fans and yeah. as musicians we did something unique with them so it 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 we all found that kind of culturally from mm -hmm. where and when we were born yeah your environment for sure totally supported that that's awesome yeah i love that anything else you like about this song or that really stands yeah, out to you it's, it's just, just awesome <laughs> yeah, it's awesome because it, it really doesn't have a chorus it's just one verse yeah it's got the famous beat that millie vanilli later kind of used yeah. that for their big hit that was like the lip syncing thing <laughs> uh, which is funny now because if they did it now like they'd totally get away with it but then sure. it was like oh my god i know right um, you know so um yeah so yeah it's a sick beat and yeah sick it's rock. it's pivotal to you too that's so cool i love that it's and very it important story, it has a story of like the come up it's like you know think about a master pan i got nothing but sweat inside my hand meaning yeah you know, so he needs to get money so how can he do that with his rhymes interesting i love yeah. that yeah it's always a this way of storytelling with hip-hop it's just so like it, what it does to my brain i'm like how do people write like that like it's so intriguing to me it's very yeah. cool it's very cool um awesome great anything else about this one do you want to get into your next one yeah i mean um check out the record Eric hell Perry yeah definitely <laughs> one of the you know probably i think a lot of people agree top five hip-hop records ever made yeah yeah that's what my boyfriend says for sure he loves it uh cool all right let's get into your next one we'll be right back Okay, we're back. And we just listened to John Lee Hooker going upstairs. Want to tell us about it, G? Yeah, so I, I wanted to, because my music is the hip hop blues, I wanted to pick 
and I had to pick two songs only. <laughs> hey, I, you could have picked five. We'll be here yeah. all night. I would have loved it. <laughs> exactly. But I wanted to pick um, one hip hop one, which is European Rock and Paid in Full, and then I want to pick one blues one. Yeah. It was harder to pick a blues one because uh, I don't necessarily have a blues song that's so informative to my life and career like European mm-hmm. Rock and Paid in Full. <laughs> but I picked Going Upstairs by John Lee Hooker. Um, and here's why because john lee hooker is he's like such a unique blues man he's a lot of people would say he's kind of like the darkest heavy Mm. heavyweight not like physically but just heavy yeah music his voice his style of guitar playing is so unique um and this is kind of a typical john lee hooker kind of it's kind of a droning groove that sounds unlike any other blues song that you've heard that's true it's very different he's doing this thing where he's in the key i think and he's doing this suspended thing where he like pulling off the suspended (laughs) and so that it becomes this like really hip hypnotic feeling and then you know and then the song's obviously about like you know the verses i'm going upstairs to bring down all my clothes he's getting ready to leave Mm-hmm. or his wife or his 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 woman and uh and then he doesn't have anybody you know my mom um my, my my mother's dead and gone my father doesn't want me around mm-hmm. you know got no place to go yeah uh, and then i'm uh, going out to get my clothes and then and then then the last verse is oh give me a house by the water i don't need no land and when i'm dead and gone bury me in the deep blue sea so Beautiful. So it's like, it's, it's really like a whole life story in, mm-hmm. in a way, like in, in three, three verses, I think. And, uh, oh no, no. Then there's other verse, you know, I'm getting old. You don't want me no more. You got yourself a young stud. <laughs> so it was the whole thing. Like, it is really like a whole, whole life story. Whole yeah. Verse. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I just always love that song. And I, I performed that song. Um, so I, I chose that one. Um, to kind of represent the yeah. blues of what I of what is the other huge part of my music. Generally. Absolutely, it's a great great pick. Nice contrast to the first, but yeah, you're right. It's a whole kind of storytelling song, and when I hear um, blues in any kind of way, it's very simple, like very you know one you know up and whatever how you how how you hear it. But this one seems like a little more drawn out, like you said, a little heavier, a little more story heavy. So it's different. It's very different. I loved it. I'm glad that you like my choices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, anything else about this tune? Anything else that sparks a story that you have or reminisce about? Yeah, I think about, I mean, it, I just think of, I mean, it kind of draws me back to like, you know, I I used to have this, um, I probably still got it somewhere, but uh, like I, I would always buy these, uh, the old school like console record players that you could stack yeah. 10 records on and and totally. uh, and that album was one of my favorite John Lee Hooker albums and um and that was always on the thing so just a lot of like late mm-hmm. nights or just any any nights mm-hmm. in a small little attic apartment in Boston when I was a street musician hearing those like those mystic 
John Lee Hooker sounds coming through yeah. this old haunted, you know, <laughs> it just kind of takes me right back there. And um, totally just a moment. And then I love to perform the song because just, I, I just went through the lyric and it, 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 you know, like it's just such a, it's such a potent lyric to sing, you know? Yeah. And I just love the, I love the notion of like, give me a house by the water. I don't need no land, you know? And cause mm -hmm. I'm like a real, like, uh, ocean person and a waterman and and I I also have that kind of calling sure. to the ocean and to me it, that's such like this thing it just wants to be like I don't want any land I just want to be by the ocean sure and I know exactly what you mean yeah look out at that vast expanse and then when I'm dead and going you know throw my ashes out there and, yeah you know what I mean like that's, that's beautiful that, that's also this thing that really and then the other part of the lyric they're really I like singing, you know, as a guy that's got gray hairs. <laughs> <laughs> Looks great. Looks great. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm getting old. You don't want to be around no more. You know, kind of that scene of blues, you have that. Oh, kind of, that. You kind of have the opportunity to really feel, you have to connect, feel bad for yourself and getting old. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how young you are, it feels old when you sing it. Yeah. You, yes. You're like tapping into that. Yeah. that part yeah absolutely yeah. that's beautiful thanks for sharing that g that's awesome and it also reminds me of the time that um i got to meet john lee hooker because i got to open up for him did you at, really yeah yeah yeah. oh got, damn got to open up for him at the bumper shoot festival in seattle years in, in the 90s and um oh cool there's this really cool picture i got to go backstage in between the end of my show and the start of his show and yeah. you know john hooker was like in his 80s and i'm yeah. there I just got to sit next to him on the couch and i have this black and white photo that jeff my drummer uh his ex-wife took of us and you can see john lee hooker's hand on the couch mm -hmm. his his hand is is so big like his hand is massive uh and that's how he could make these crazy sounds with the guitar and everything but um and then i then i feel bad too because i was so starstruck mina and uh, oh. <laughs> you know whatever i got to say hello to him and take a picture but then after that you know we were sharing like a little backstage like festival yeah. like trailer and i had a trailer and then and i just remember like he was i just feel like such an asshole about it still but like <laughs> i just feel like my best friend was there and i was like trying to like I was like, Brennan, here, I'm going to stand here. Like, get get the picture of me with John yeah. Lee in the background. He looked up and saw us. So he, did, he didn't know the picture was taken? No, no, we, 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 were, we did get one shot where, okay. where, where we took a, a, a photo together. But then we were trying to, like, gotcha. take pictures of him while he was not looking, while he was, like, he was getting <laughs> a, a bottle of water. Or, or You're soda. trying to paparazzi him. Yes. And I just <laughs> felt like when I think back on that, because I was – you know, as a kid, like, I just felt like, that's so stupid. Like John Lee Hooker was probably like such, was such a cool guy. I probably could have been like, yeah. yo, you know, I love that song going upstairs or like, what was this session oh, sure. like when you cut boom, boom or anything. And yeah. maybe I, could have, I could have had a real interaction other than just like a stupid <laughs> moment that is with me forever. <laughs> we all have those moments. Oh my gosh. I mean, just sitting here talking, I'm like, I'm talking to G. What the <laughs> it's crazy. No, that's so awesome. Yeah. I mean, he's like your hero. He's like one of your, your tops, I would imagine, you know, seeing that, that being in that presence, it's like, oh my God, like, what do I say? Like, 
how do you tell that person how much they influence you, how much they they mean to you musically? Or do, or you, do you tell that person that? Or do just, you? Yeah. Just like enjoy, you know, nice, you know, nice day out. How you feeling? Like, where's sure. You, you know what I mean? Or like, do they like, want to hear that? You know? Do you like that cheese they have out here? <laughs> <laughs> cheese is pretty good, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Oh my god, that's so cool. What a great story. So you still have that picture somewhere? Yeah, I do. I do. I got it. Yeah. Cool. I don't have, I would show it to you if, if, if we're, oh, no, we're, no, no, no worries. So it's, it's somewhere in a box, but yeah. Somewhere be, safe. Yeah, somewhere That's safe. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, thank you so much, G. Um, so your album drops on June 24th, and then yeah. you're actually going to be in Austin on September 8th. So I'm definitely going to go see you. I can't wait um let's see what yeah i think that's everything do you want to tell everyone where they can find you where they can hear you yeah sure um so the album drops on june 6th as the nft and if as they an want, NFT. want to be a part of that you should go to yellow heart or just go to any of the the links from any of my socials which i'll tell you mm -hmm. and you can get the glev community token which gives you opportunity to to get one of 1,000 or maybe more than you maybe I don't know how many you can buy, but there's mm -hmm. only 1,000 NFTs and that drops on the 6th of June uh, for token holders and token holders also get a, a lot of perks that will be forthcoming. Uh -huh. And then if people want to find out more about me on Twitter at glove on Instagram at Philly glove all one word um, at of G Love and Special Sauce on Facebook, Philadelphonic.com, and Juice Gang on Discord. So yeah, on Discord, cool. Yeah, yeah. So come, come, give us a holler and um, heck yeah. yeah, all the links to like the records and touring and everything is up on there. So we we appreciate the support. And if you want to book a backyard party, hell yeah, You might get an email from me. Hell yeah, okay. so cool, man. <laughs> Thank you so much, G, and have a good run on tour. And um, yeah, we'll see you on the other side. All right. Thanks, Mina. Appreciate it. All right. It. Take so care. Much.